Guys, one of the things that we want to do here at Manlyhood is to help men become better men. And part of that is even helping young men become men. Because as a society, we have lost some of what it takes to make that happen. And so we have a lot of men who've never been initiated into manhood. And that's what's exciting about the work that today's guest is bringing to the table. Don Ross will be on the Manlyhood Mancast today. You're a man. You want to become a better one. You want to level up. That's nobody's task but your own. This is your starting line. This is your boot camp. It starts now. Welcome to the Manlyhood Mancast with Josh Hatton. Gentlemen, welcome to the Manlyhood Mancast. I'm your host, Josh Hatcher. Listen, I really appreciate you guys being a part of this movement of men becoming even better men. I want to encourage you to share this episode with somebody that needs to hear it. Let's get the word out about what we're doing here at Manlyhood. Today's guest, Don Ross, is doing some excellent work at Manhood Tribes. Uh, it was kind of born out of the idea that he wants to help young men learn how to become men. And really, any men become how to become men. It's he's he's done some amazing work. He's got some amazing perspectives, and uh, I'm looking forward to this interview today with Don Ross. This is the Manlyhood Mancast. Don, it's great to have you on the Manlyhood Mancast today. How's it going, man? Hey, Josh. Thanks so much. It's uh, it's great to be here. I really appreciate you having me on the show. Yeah, no, I'm excited about it. I uh, saw the the work that you're doing, and I said, yeah, this is a, a this is a good fit for for what we're doing here at Manlyhood. And uh, so, why don't you take a minute and just introduce yourself to our listeners so they can kind of know who you are and and a little bit about what you do, man? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so my name's Don Ross. Uh, I'm the founder and creator of an organization called Manhood Tribes. Uh, which is really all about creating groups of manly men who follow Jesus at every stage of life. So it's a men's organization, it's a business, um, but really kind of the defining marker of what we do is all about community, which is really kind of where the idea of tribe comes into play. Uh, I'm a firm believer that men need community of other men around them in order to be all that we're meant to be as men, to be who God has created us to be and uh, to really thrive in the kind of life that he wants us to live. So uh, at every stage of life, I think that's especially uh, necessary for men in terms of what we do. So from you know boyhood all the way to senior adulthood, I think having a group of men around you is, like I said, critical to being who God has made us to be. And so I've tried to really create some uh, resources, curriculum, opportunities, just ways for men to be able to figure out how do we connect with other men? How do we do that in a way that works really well? Because I think that that's something that uh, in our society today, men have lost touch with a little bit in terms of what it really looks like to live in community with other men. Yeah, no, I agree 100%. That's that's why we do what we're doing here. Well, part of why we're doing it, you know, because we know that that community is important. And I know it is in my life, man. Like, yeah, that's what's made the difference for me is having some guys I can trust that I can pour into, but also be poured into, you know? Yeah, absolutely. That's a big part of my story as well. I, I really wouldn't be the man that I am today without some good guys in my life. And I've, I've moved around a bunch, uh, you know, I've kind of uh, been all over the map a little bit. And so that's required me to sort of pick up community uh, in different places. You know, it's not like I can say I've had the same close group of friends, you know, for my entire adult life. Uh, but I've been able to develop friends in different places. And I think because of that, it's helped me to really see like, hey, there's some value to uh, the art of building a tribe, like learning how to say as a man, you know, these, these relationships aren't just going to fall in my lap. So I'm going to have to be intentional to kind of go out and seek them out, uh, kind of make them happen, figure out how to develop them, how to do them well, uh, how to be intentional about it. And, and I think that's the part that as men, uh, like I said, we've just kind of lost touch with that. You know, I think we grow up, uh, you know, as, as adolescents and, and maybe through the college years where relationships tend to come pretty easy, right? You're, you're in environments where you're kind of surrounded by, 
uh, your peers and it's easy to connect with and find other kind of like-minded people. And then you reach young adulthood and, you know, you're maybe working a nine to five job and there's two or three people that are, you know, even your age and share your interests that you're around on a regular basis. And uh, it just gets a lot harder. You know, how do I find those guys? How do I, uh, how do I make a priority out of those relationships when they're not just kind of falling in my lap anymore? Um, and for me, that's, that's been a big part of my story is just having to figure that out at different places and different stages in life and, and why I really want to try to help other men be able to do the same. Mm. Yeah. You mentioned finding those friends your age. I say it all the time that, you know, there's kind of a myth that, that I think is perpetuated by our, our current pigeonholing, you know, educational system that your friends need to be your age, you yeah. know? I think some of my best friends are old guys or young yeah, kids. You absolutely, know I mean? man. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. One of the one of the best uh, seasons in my life uh, in my 30s, I was involved in a men's ministry that was mostly guys in their 50s and 60s. And so, you know, I was kind of the young buck. Um, there were a few other guys my age, but it was mostly older guys. And, and I would say that was one of the richest times for me in terms of growing and developing as a man was just being surrounded by these older men who, uh, you know, I didn't necessarily have a lot in common with in terms of stage of life. You know, I had very little kids at that time. And for most of them, their kids were grown and out of the house and, you know, they were having grandkids. And so there was a lot of difference in terms of stage of life, but so much in common in terms of what it meant to be a man and a follower of Jesus. And uh, gosh, I, I learned a ton during that season. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. You know, that they're at the place. I had a really good conversation with, with the one guy the one day and he, he was like, you know, he said, you know, these young guys, they're trying to understand their purpose and why they're here. We already have lived that. And now we're trying to leave a legacy. Yeah. And so like they need you in order to fulfill their purpose as much as you need them to understand your purpose. And it's yeah, kind of absolutely. a really neat, really neat dynamic when you, when you, when you approach it that way. So yeah, irreplaceable, I think. So tell me you, uh, your emphasis here that you are, that you reached out to me on the discussion that you wanted to have today was about helping your sons become men. Yeah. And, uh, you know, so, I've raised two boys myself, so I know that's definitely, yeah, awesome. definitely part of the, the, uh, the hope is that I've, I've prepared them for manhood, but uh, <laughs> let's, let's talk about that for a minute. Yeah. Yeah, so I've got I've got two boys uh, myself. They are uh, 15 and 13 at this point. Um, so you know, real <laughs> real fun ages right now. Um, but you know, as I as I've been working on uh, this stuff for Manhood Tribes, one of the things that has just kind of stuck out to me is the reality that uh, you know when we talk about helping men follow Jesus at every stage of life, one of the most difficult stages to be able to follow Jesus is in those kind of early teenage years, you know, moving into young adulthood, I think, especially in our culture right now, um, it, it is so challenging to figure out what does it mean to be a follower of Jesus and how do I do that? Well, uh, on top of the fact that it is also really challenging to figure out what does it mean to be a man? You know, our, our sons and this younger generation are struggling with, kind of the gender identity crisis of our Western culture right now in a way that, you know, just hasn't, I think, ever been true in American society. And so, uh, you know, figuring out both of those questions at the same time, what is it to be a man? What is it to be a follower of Jesus? Uh, that's a heavy load. And I think dads with sons who are kind of in that stage of life uh, in particular, kind of in that adolescent stage, are, are watching our sons go through some of those things and, and saying, ah, I really, I want to help. Like, I see that my son is struggling. I see how difficult this is. Um, but I think there's just a lot of, uh, you know, fear, uncertainty, insecurity for dads, you know, to, to really kind of say like, Hey, I, I, I know I need to be having these kinds of conversations with my son, but I just don't know what to do. I, I like, I know that I need to be connecting with him during this age, but he seems, you know, way more interested in his phone than he is in me. <laughs> you know, every, every conversation we try to have is awkward and forced and painful. And so, uh, yeah, I think I just, I wanted to be able to kind of step into that space and say, Hey, look, I, I'm not a dad who has, has it all perfectly figured out. You know, God knows, uh, you know, my relationships with my teenage sons are strained and difficult at times as well. But as a, as kind of a fellow struggler, you know, wanting to be able to kind of jump in the space and just say, Hey dads, 
we know that this is critical. Like we know that this is important is to help our sons figure out how to be men and how to follow Jesus. And so let's do it together. You know, let's, let's figure it out. We know that there's too much at stake here to just say, this is super difficult. And so I'm, I'm maybe going to pass the buck on this one. Um, you know, this is one that we don't have the option of passing the buck on. So I, I think that's where I wanted to just kind of jump in and say, let's do it. Let's tackle it. Let's figure it out together. And if I can help in any way, I really want to. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. You know, and I know that, uh, especially today, right? There is this, you talk about that gender identity crisis, you know, and, and that's the honest truth is that like, aside from all of the crazy politics stuff that's going on surrounding it, right? Yeah. Just looking at the basic, the core of it, young kids trying to understand their place in the world, right? Who am yeah. I? Yeah. What, what does it mean to be this, who I am? And, and I think that we're living in this culture where we have cultivated and allowed them to uh, get their identity, uh, basically to create a, a, a false persona, right? For social yeah. media and for, you know, fitting in with, with school and everything else. And they have no idea how to know who they are. You know, they have yeah. no idea how to know what it means to be a man, what it means to be any of that. So yeah, like, that's right. let's, let's, let's unpack that, man. What, what, what is your process? How do you help them figure yeah. it out? So, you know, as I have kind of worked with my own sons, um, but also in just, you know, my background is uh, in ministry. I've been a pastor and a ministry leader for about 20 years. And, you know, I've worked with uh, with men, with dads, with sons and a whole host of different capacities. Uh, and, you know, as I have kind of walked through that, I think one of the things that I have seen is that while it ought to really kind of be uh, intuitive, to figure out what does it mean to be a man, um, our culture has lost, like you're saying, kind of the the signposts or the markers that help us be able to get there. And so I, I think it takes kind of recircling back to some of those things. So for me, I really kind of identified and said that I think there's three things that a son needs in order to be able to become a man. And those three big things are, you know, they're fairly simple. They're fairly straightforward, but they're just not intuitive anymore like they maybe once were. So I would say that those three things, three things are he needs a clear vision of what it means to be a man. He needs opportunities to practice being a man. And then he needs a dedicated season to advance from boyhood to manhood. So uh, a vision of being a man, opportunities to practice being a man, and a season to advance from boyhood to manhood. And I think, you know, like I said, it's not rocket science. Like, you know, when you see it on paper or you hear somebody talk about it, it's like, well, yeah, it, I mean, kind of obviously, you know, a son needs those things in order to be able to advance into being a man. Um, but, you know, we don't just do those things naturally in our culture anymore. And so I think as dads, we have to really kind of step in and say, okay, if this isn't going to happen by default, then my role as a dad is to be intentional enough to make sure that it does happen for my son, um, even if it's not happening in other places in the culture. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Well, you know, like I think about this with like, you know, raising, I raised two girls and two boys. And for girls, you know, there's a biological moment, right? When mm -hmm. they enter into womanhood and there's almost a little ritual kind of around yeah. the process yeah. of learning you know, and I'm thinking of menstruation, right? That yeah. I can't believe I'm talking about that on the Manlyhood Mancast, but <laughs> you know, but but it's there, you know. And then the, like like there's almost this unspoken, or maybe it is spoken, where they're welcomed into the world of womanhood yeah. as they embrace these changes that are happening in their bodies, you know. And with men, I mean, we obviously we go through puberty, right? And we be, you know, but but we do not culturally have what other cultures have. And I think in some of these cultures handle it barbarically, right? Like sure. you think of African cultures and they have like circumcision at like 13 years old and a, a yeah. you know, a drugged up vision quest, you sure. know, but at the same time, it's this moment where there's a rite of passage that yeah. has to happen for that boy to become a man. And we're not initiating anybody, you know? Yeah, that's right. And, you know, that's where I think, uh, and I'd love to talk more about just that whole rite of passage idea. Uh, I've helped create something that I think is really key to that. But I think the challenge is for as much like, you know, especially in the, uh, the kind of Christian men's world over the past decade or so, this idea of a rite of passage has really gained some traction, which is a great thing. Like it, it's desperately needed. Um, but 
in and of itself, like isolated from some of the other things, a rite of passage by itself is not going to accomplish Mm -hmm. what we need it to for our sons. You know, a moment in time is not going to make a boy into a man, you know, which is why, like we know, you know, kind of some of the things that you're saying, like a boy doesn't become a man because he gets his driver's license or because, you know, he kisses a girl for the first time or he gets laid for the first time. Like, you know, like these moments in time don't make a boy into a man. And the same thing can be said for a rite of passage like we, we can't just hold a celebration you know tap our kid with a sword and say hey now you're a man like it just doesn't work that way you know that's important and i think it is uh, a necessary kind of capstone to the process uh, but it, it isn't enough in and of itself to really get a boy from a man so that's where i think you got to start with those other two steps you know you got to start with hey a boy needs a clear vision of what it means to be a man you know step number one and that's where i think our culture is struggling the most honestly with all of those steps you know at the moment there just isn't a clear vision of what it means to be a man in our culture anymore and uh, for boys who are coming up now uh, you know the way it should work is a son should look at his dad be able to see what a man is and say that's what i want to be uh and sometimes that works in our culture right now but a lot of times it doesn't and in a lot of ways our our culture is saying hey no all of those old traditional ideas of what it means to be a man uh those are bad you know those are you know to kind of use the term that a lot of people have used lately those are toxic you know Mm -hmm. um and we hear that thrown around a bunch um but like it's starting to become part of the air that we breathe for young men you know of like well if, if this idea of like being a man as far as what my dad has shown me isn't okay, then what is okay? What am I supposed to be? So, uh, so for me, man, you know, what I had to really kind of do was take a step back and say, all right, what am I going to tell my boys about being a man? Like, what is it that I want them to kind of aim towards? And I just kind of had to look at the basics, you know, just really kind of go back to the basics of um, what, what is being a man all about? And, you know, if, if you do some reading and some research, uh, you know, on manhood and, you know, uh, what masculinity has looked like throughout the ages, you know, histories and cultures and all kinds of stuff, you're going to get lots of different opinions, right? There's all kinds of stuff out there. And some people put it in terms of like these certain virtues or these certain roles that meant to men are meant to play or, you know, all kinds of different ways of sort of categorizing, like, what does it mean to be a man? And so I really just wanted to try to get down to something basic. I mean, you know, here's the, here's, here's the idea. Like half of the world's population has moved from boyhood to manhood for centuries and hasn't really struggled with it for the most part, you know, right? It's only in, in certain cultures like ours here in the Western moment, you know, where, where we're really kind of struggling with that. And it shouldn't be that big of a struggle. It, it really should be something that tends to happen naturally. And if that's the case, then we ought to be talking about something that's pretty basic here. You know, it's not, we, we don't need to make it that complicated. Um, so, you know, I tried to look at just what, what were some basic commonality kind of things that men in many histories, many cultures really share. And so I came up with what I call the five marks of manhood. These are things that you see in men, you know, good men, bad men, old men, young men, you know, it doesn't really matter. Just like they are a man. And what it, what kind of are the like cluster of traits that are around what we call a man? Uh, and those are the five marks. So what I call the five marks are strength, courage, skill, honor, and allegiance. And so those kinds of things, like when you put them all together, Uh, Those are the things that men are meant to live out in the way what it means to be a man. Now, you can do that in ways that are good. You can do that in ways that are bad, in ways that are healthy, in ways that are unhealthy. You know, doing those things doesn't make you a good man. And I think that's been the problem um, in the church for a long time has been that we have put so much emphasis on what does it mean to be a good man that we've really kind of forgot to ask the question of what does it mean to just be a man? Like we got in the cart before the horse, you know, like we, we, we got a lot of emphasis on being good, but not a lot of emphasis on just masculinity. What does it mean to be a man? And so I think if we can learn those sort of five marks over again, strength, courage, skill, honor, and allegiance, and how to be able to live those things out, then we have a better chance of figuring out, okay, well, what are the ways to do that in some good ways? What are the ways to do that in ways that look like Jesus and that, uh, you know, do right by the world and build up the things of his kingdom? Um, Then we've got some, we've got some tracks to run on. Yeah, I agree. And, you know, I, I mean, I'm a Christian as well, so I definitely can identify with, with that part of this this component, but you're right. Like taking those things and looking at them from the perspective of whether or not you're a Christian, these are the things that, 
men should do should they should yeah. possess right yeah. and you know and i love this conversation because i have it all the time you know i'll say a man should be these things right and i say have a similar thing you know and then a woman will say well what about women shouldn't women have those things i'm like yeah and they express those same things in a feminine way yeah. and men express them in a masculine way yeah, that's right. you know you know, yeah, I've, I've had I've had the same kind of conversation with my boys, you know, especially around the issue of strength, which I think is really in particular kind of the the core or maybe foundational mark of what it be, means to be a man. You know, our bodies literally are built for strength. And I think all the other marks of manhood kind of, uh, if not flow out of that, are at least connected to and tap into it. And, you know, does that mean then that men are supposed to be strong and women are not? Well, no, it doesn't mean that at all. You know, certainly right, right. a woman can be strong. But what's at stake here is that a, a woman isn't necessarily thought of being as less of a woman if she isn't strong. And the same can't really be said for a man. You know, a man who isn't strong is in some way kind of lacking something that is essential to manhood. You know, a woman who is strong uh, is great, but physical strength as a woman isn't necessary to womanhood in the same way that it is to manhood. And I think that's really kind of the idea around these five marks is it's like, sure, anybody can be these things. Women can be courageous, you know, like it, you don't, it's not exclusive to manhood. Um, but the cluster and the combination of them together is really kind of what distinguishes a man from a woman. And so I, I think that's where it's really important. Yeah. Yeah. And the, the question about roles as well is the thing that I, you know, it's funny cause I like, the the whole i mean we could go down the whole you know communism critical theory marxism rabbit trail as to why our culture is the way it is but that's a right. conversation for another day <laughs> but you know the whole idea that um you know like yeah it's okay if a man is taking a different role than you might expect like i had a male nurse recently when i yeah. went to the er and he was amazing Honestly, I preferred him over the female nurse, you sure. know what I mean? Cause he knew his stuff and he was good at yeah. taking care of me in the way I needed to be taken care of, Yeah, you know? And, and like the idea of, of roles is, is that thing I think where all of those other cultural forces are using the, the traditional masculine roles to say, well, those have to be broken up and some of them can be broken up that's fine yeah. right if, if a dad wants to stay home because his wife can make more money for the family and stay home and take care of the kids there's nothing wrong with that right you know it's but it it's going to be done in a dad way right that's right <laughs> not, yeah. a, not yeah. a mom way a, a stay-at-home dad is and should look different than a stay-at-home mom you know like yeah. those those things just aren't going to function exactly the same. And that's okay. Like there's nothing, there's nothing wrong or bad about that. The way that a dad parents is going to be different than a way that a mom parents. And that's just, that's because we're different, you know, we're designed differently and, and, and that's okay. Um, but yeah, so that's where I think, you know, it, it's really critical to be able to give our boys a picture of what does it mean to be a man and to keep it really basic, you know, because they're going to get hit with all kinds of exactly the sort of stuff that you're saying about, like, well, men can't do this or sh should do this or women can or can't do, you know, all of those kinds of pictures and questions. And so I think if we can just keep it really basic to say, hey, like the the sandbox can be infinitely big that men can play in, you know, in terms of what is a possibility and what isn't. And I think the same ought to be true for women. But the way that men operate in their sandbox is going to look different than a way that a woman operates in hers. And that's where those five marks of manhood really come into play is that the way that men go about their lives, the way that we live out what it means to be a man looks like those five things. So being able to talk to my boys about those things uh, has been really fun. And frankly, it's, it's not been all that difficult, you know, like it's not been too hard to be able to say, Hey, when, you know, when we watch a movie together, like, what do you see about this main character in the movie? And like, how did he show the five marks of manhood? You know, or like, what did you see about him that looked or seemed manly? Uh, and what of it was just kind of like for show, you know, like, what is it about all of those things that, uh, that Hollywood is trying to portray as masculinity or as manhood that really isn't, you know, what isn't essential to manhood? It's been a really good kind of grid to be able to uh, talk about with, with that angle as well to help kind of, you know, sift away all the garbage that just says, you know, to be a man, you've got to be macho or you've got to be chauvinistic or you've got to be, you know, uh, rich and you got to have six pack abs and, you know, all these kinds of things. It's just sort of like, okay, well, those things aren't, there's nothing wrong with those things, but they're also not essential to being a man. And that's what we really need to get to. 
So that's kind of the summation of your first of the three steps, right? Yeah, yeah that's vision. right. What, yeah. What's the second one again? Let's yeah, talk so the about second that. one, so yeah, that was the first one, a clear vision of what it means to be a man. The second one is opportunities to practice being a man. And so, you know, for boys in particular, especially as they're starting to get into the like uh, preteen, early teen years, um, you know, this is the stage where they are beginning to just, uh, you know, it happens innately, you know, it happens biologically. Um, they are getting to the place where they are needing to be tested. And even if they're not being tested, they're finding ways to test themselves. You know, it is just kind of the like, I need a challenge to conquer. I need, you know, I need something to overcome. I need some way of being able to show that I'm the best, that I have, you know, these abilities or these skills or whatever. Um, and I, I think that's really the point of it. The, the problem is, is that, you know, where we're at today is that a lot of those uh, you know, again, kind of the things that used to happen naturally in our culture and have happened naturally in most cultures for men um, just aren't happening like that anymore. So, you know, we can't rely on things like uh, PE class or shop class or, you know, uh, heaven forbid, even just, you know, something as simple as like having to ask a girl out on a date, <laughs> you know, the, the challenge of a, of a, you know, what, what ought to be just kind of like a routine skill for boys. Um, you know, just those things aren't really there anymore. They've kind of been replaced by, you know, artificial things in our world, like texting and social media and video games, you know, but the, the, the challenge of leveling up on the latest, you know, Xbox adventure is not the same thing as the challenge of, you know, a, a boy facing, you know, a, a difficult relational circumstance in his life or, you know, a bully at school or, uh, you know, any of these things where a, a boy is having to just kind of come to grips with reality and say, do I have what it takes to face the challenges in front of me? And so that's where I think, you know, as dads, we have to have the wisdom to kind of look at our boys' lives and go, they aren't being challenged in the ways that they need to. And so I need, I need to step in, you know, I need to be intentional to help kind of create some challenges for them um, to give them some ways of being able to learn that they do have what it takes, right? Part of, part of what it means to arrive at manhood, I think is really about developing a settled confidence that you have what it takes to be able to face the challenges in your world. You know, as a man, the world is going to throw all kinds of things at me some of which I know how to do, and a lot of it I don't. But as a man, the expectation is I got to figure it out. And where you really learn to be able to figure out is during these years as a boy, by facing enough challenges to where you kind of get to that place of being able to say that you kind of know at a heart level, okay, like I can do this. I, like I don't exactly know how to do this, but I know I've got what it takes to be able to figure that out, whether it's through my own skills, whether it's through connecting with some other men who can help me, whether it's just through the like sheer fortitude and endurance of, you know, tackling this thing head on for a long amount of time. You know, all of those things uh, come from facing challenges in your adolescence and learning that you can do it. But like I said, that, that doesn't tend to happen normally anymore. And so we got to find ways to do that. So for, so for me and my sons, kind of what we did is we've, we've implemented something that I call manhood challenges. So we create uh, opportunities to just sort of be tested as men and to, you know, sort of figure out like, hey, can we do this thing? Is this something that we're capable of? If not, like, how would we go about doing it? So we just, we use those five marks of manhood that I talked about. And we create challenges around them. So we take uh, strength, courage, skill, honor, and allegiance, and we'll say, okay, for this month, we're going to create a skill challenge, which is going to say that, uh, hey, my boys don't yet know how to be able to change a flat tire. You know, so if they're stranded on the side of the road, neither of my boys are driving yet, but we're getting to that age where that's getting close. You know, if they're stranded on the side of the road with a flat tire, what are they going to do? Well, they haven't had to face that challenge yet, um, but I want them to face that challenge before they're actually in the situation of, I need to change a flat tire because I'm stuck on the side of the road with a flat tire and I have no idea what to do about that. Um, so, you know, the skill challenge for the month is, hey, uh, let's, let's, figure out how to change a flat tire. Let's go through it. And so, you know, that would be me just kind of teaching them the basics of that skill. Here's what you do. Here's where you find the equipment in your car. Here's, you know, if you forget your steps, here's your owner's manual to be able to, you know, show you how to do those things. And let's walk through the process of actually doing it. Um, you know, so that would be like a skill challenge, but you can create a challenge around any of those things. 
We had a challenge uh, not too long ago um, for my boys that was a courage challenge, which was where they had to have a face-to-face conversation with a girl. <laughs> so, you know, like this is, you know, it seems kind of silly, but, uh, but you know, in a world where uh, conversation happens through texting and social media, like the idea of having a real conversation with a girl that they don't know that well is super intimidating. And they've got to get to a place where it isn't as intimidating, but the only way to do that is to actually have it. So the manhood challenge, you know, is, hey, can you um, have a conversation with a girl? It can be a girl in your class, you know, in your church youth group, you know, whatever, but just like you got to come up with what to talk about. You got to initiate the conversation. It has to happen face to face, you know, and then we're going to talk about, hey, how did it go? What did you talk about? You know, how did the, what'd you learn from that conversation? So, you know, all kinds of things like that. It's just, you know, creative ways of just trying to say like, hey, we can make this fun, but it's also going to teach you and give you opportunities to practice being a man. I think the hardest part about the conversation with the girl challenge would be actually debriefing it with your dad. (laughs) That would be the challenging part. Yeah, absolutely. Well, you know, fortunately we did that one uh, at an age where it wasn't, it still wasn't quite uh, so awkward to be able to do that with dad, you know? So I don't recommend doing that one at like 16 or 17, but uh, at 11 or 12, they're, they're still able to do that. So, yeah. So a couple things. So confidence, right? You build confidence by doing hard things, right? And Absolutely. realizing that you can do them. So that's yeah. that's a great concept there to kind of help them understand that. And I mean, this happened to me recently. I needed to, uh, we decided to upgrade from an electric stove to a gas stove. Okay. And I needed to run a gas line. I've never done that before. I have no yeah. idea how to do it. And that's the kind of thing you make a mistake, you blow up your house. Right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Don't want to take so too many watched, there. I watched a thousand YouTube videos. I asked a couple friends some questions and then I went and yeah. I did it. And when I was done, I'm like, I am the man. You exactly. Know? Yes. Uh-huh. You know, yeah. It still builds confidence in us as grown yeah, men absolutely. when we do something that challenges us, you know. And, yeah, and absolutely. Realize. Yeah, every time I, you know, conquer a, a new skill like that, you know, I'm re- I'm reminded of uh, the scene of uh, of Tom Hanks and Castaway where he's on the island and he figures out how to make fire. You know, and he, you see him with this giant bonfire and he's out there dancing around. I made fire. You know, it's just that is something that's so core to what it means to be a man, and it's worth celebrating. You know, like hey, that is part of what we're built for. We're built for skill. We're meant to offer that to the world, and I think that's why it's so rewarding for us when we do figure out how to be able to tackle some of these things that we don't know how to do. And then we do it, you know, it it really speaks to the heart of who we are as men. And that should be like tested, challenged, rewarded, encouraged, all of those things, you know, and that's, that's part of what these manhood challenges are really for is to be able to give your boys an opportunity to try some of those things out. But then also on the back end of it, as a dad, to be able to affirm, encourage, celebrate, you know, to, to let your boy hear from you that, Hey, you see him growing, you see him succeeding. You think he did an amazing job and you know that he can continue winning at those kinds of things in the future. Like a boy needs that kind of affirmation and validation from his father so badly. And manhood challenges just give you an easy way to be able to do that. So it's a, it's a big win. Yeah. I think a lot of times dads get caught up in the the negative feedback side of it. And that uh-huh. is important yeah. sometimes to say, Hey, look, you would have done better if you had done it this way, you know, that's right. Yeah. But if we, we need to heap praise, yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. they need there's nine times out of 10, that kid's already got all of the negative feedback in his head. Yeah. Uh-huh. You know? Yeah. So yeah, I agree, man. He needs that praise that you can heap on him. I mean, you don't want to, I'm, I'm not talking, you know, like participation trophy stuff, right? Right. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about like just genuinely recognizing when they do a good job and make sure you tell them often, you know? Yeah, absolutely. No, I, I agree. And that's, that's, that's what I like about doing these manhood challenges is that uh, you don't have to give praise for participation. You know, you want to set them up with a challenge that you feel reasonably confident that they can achieve. You know, if they put some effort in, they're going to achieve the challenge. You don't want to set something that's so far out of their league and beyond them that they're going to be, you know, not only demotivated to do it, but when they try, they're you know, most likely going to fail. You want to kind of create something that's sort of just out of reach, that if they put in some effort, they'll learn that, hey, it's not as far out of reach as I thought it was. And that's where it's so easy as a dad to be able to to affirm and encourage, you know, on the back end of something like that. So yeah, it's great for doing what you're saying. Yeah. So tell me about step three, man. 
Yeah. Okay. Step three. And, and you know, that's, we're getting back now to the idea of the rite of passage, which is great. So step three is really about having a dedicated season to advance from boyhood to manhood. And, you know, as we've said, like this idea of the rite of passage has, has gotten, it's, it's gained some popularity again in our culture, especially I think among Christian men, um, as, as we've kind of noticed, like, Hey, this is really lacking. Our boys are struggling to kind of get to the place where we think they need to be, you know, what do we do? And I think it's, you know, I think it's a, a bunch of men who have kind of asked the question of like, well, what have men done in other ages and in other cultures that have helped their boys become men? And the rite of passage is almost universal. You know, like you said, you know, you just, you look at just about any kind of culture anywhere in the history of history. And, uh, and you can see this idea of a rite of passage in, in many, many cultures. And so I think we're we're rightfully so trying to kind of re-adopt that idea, which is great. Um, but we don't live in kind of like you're talking about. We don't live in uh, in a you know uh, barbaric or even really a tribal society. We don't live in hunter gatherer times. And so a lot of the things that we hear about rites of passage, they feel very. Um, you know, uh, almost prehistoric, <laughs> you know, like, like the, the things you're kind of talking about, you know, it's like, drop your son out in the wilderness and see if he can survive. What's like, that, that, who is that helping? You know, that like, not only uh, is that not going to be helpful for your son, it's also in our day and age, like, there's nothing wrong with possessing those skills, but they aren't really essential to being a man in the modern age, you know? And so figuring out like, what is it then that we do need to help our boys be able to pass into? And how do we do that in a way that is encouraging for them and sets them up well to actually be a man? You know, this, this is the passage. And so when you're done with this rite of passage, your boy should be able to think of himself as a young man and some things should be different. You know, you should come out on the other side of how you do this rite of passage in a way that the way that he functions in your family, the way that he functions with his friends, all of that starts to look a little bit different. So um, I've actually created a, a resource that's called First Tribe, Path to Manhood. And it is a, uh, it's a nine-month rite of passage program that dads can do with their sons. It's meant to be done in a group of dads and sons. And I'll talk a little bit more about that in a minute. Um but it's a fantastic way of being able to do all of the things that you need to do with your probably middle school age son. You know, I typically recommend like age 11 to 15, kind of somewhere in that age range is typically uh, when you want to be thinking about doing something like this kind of rite of passage program. Um, but it guides you through all the things that you need to do, right? So there's there's lots of things that can and should go into a really good rite of passage program. If you try to cram all of them into it, uh, it's going to take you years, <laughs> you know, right? There's, there's all kinds of things that you could have. So you do have to kind of whittle it down and say, what are the things I really want to make sure that I'm passing on to my boy? And that's what I've tried to do with First Tribe is to say, hey, there, there really does need to be opportunity for uh, connection and validation between father and son. And so we're going to make sure that there's that. Uh, there really does need to be opportunity for good discussion about the important things in life, right? So in a rite of passage, we should be talking about, you know, the big issues of life and manhood and faith and relating to women and taking on responsibility and facing our fears and, you know, all of these kind of big manly things that are going to come up in adult manhood uh, that they need to, you know, it, it, they're not going to master during this kind of season, but they need to get a taste of, you know, they need to begin to really kind of get a feel for those things. So there's, there's got to be discussion and, you know, kind of a passing on of wisdom and knowledge about all of that sort of stuff. Um, and I think, you know, just to like, there's got to be challenged, like we talked about, you know, they need to be tested, they need to be pushed, they need some things that are going to kind of take them out of their comfort zone a little bit. Um, but at the same time, and I think this is really, this is really key for uh, boys today. Uh, it's just got to be fun. You know, like at the end of the day, like you got to keep them engaged with it. You know, as much as a dad might want to say, hey, I need to teach my son to be a man. And he feels like that's a really serious thing. Like his son is not thinking about it seriously at this point. You know, our boys are not thinking seriously about being men. And so to keep them engaged on that front, we need to have fun with them. You know, we need to make it something that they're going to enjoy doing. Um, and I think a big aspect of that, and, and really, like I mentioned, you know, why I built First Tribe as something to do in community, why it's to be done as a, a tribe of dads and sons together, and not just something that you would do just you and your son, is because what's part of what's going to make it fun for your son is that he's getting to do it with his friends. You know, the, they're at this age now where 
their primary attachments are starting to shift from their parents to their peers. And because of that, like anything that you can do as a dad at this age and at this stage to help him see that uh, he and his friends are working towards being men and that they have a common vision for that, the more that he's going to succeed. You know, the more likely that not only is he going to stay engaged and have fun with it because his friends are doing it, but he's going to have peers with him who are going to help kind of lead him and keep him on that track of moving in that direction that you want him to go. So, you know, that's, like I said, when you get done with this rite of passage, some things are going to be different. And one of those things is that he's going to be progressively connecting more with his peers than he is with you. And so if you can set him up from the start to say, hey, you've got some other young men around you who are heading in the right direction, connect with those guys. Uh, and we've built some time for you to be able to do that, to build some bonds with those guys and to, and to build stronger connections there. Um, not only is it going to make it more fun, uh, but he's going to be more likely to stay engaged with the process and to continue to stay engaged with becoming uh, the kind of man that you want to see him become you know, for the long haul. Yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, I, I definitely know that. I mean, as a man, right, looking at my relationships that I have, like, we want to have fun, too. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and so I, I think that, like, for whatever reason, we, we just think that the kids should take everything seriously sometimes. Yeah. Like, yeah, oh, man, like, have fun, laugh. Like, if you were Absolutely. with your buddies, what would you be doing? You'd yeah. be telling stories, you'd be laughing, you'd be, you know, having a good time. Yeah. And when it's yeah. time to take it seriously, you take it seriously, you know? And right. I think that's that's part of, of what, what needs to happen. Yeah, I love the the idea of doing it together too with the other with the other guys, you know. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so I've been able to go through this uh, first try process with both of my sons now and and I will say like the element of doing it in community with other dads and sons has been, I think, the best part of what that experience has been about. And I think that's been, you know, for a few reasons. One, um, uh, it, it kind of takes the load off of, you know, one dad's shoulders to have to figure out how to do that for his son um, because you're doing it together with other dads. And man, that's a help, you know, just to be able to say like, because uh, I think most dads are in the boat of, of saying, hey, I know this is important for my son, but I really don't have a clue how to do this. You know, <laughs> I don't know what I'm supposed to offer to my son or how to have these conversations or how to talk about these important things. Like every time I try to do that, it, it's awkward and painful. Um, and so just the reality of being able to have other dads in it with you uh, really does take the load off. But I think one of the things that I saw that was that's been so good uh, for my boys, honestly, was having other older men around them who were seeing them grow, develop, succeed at some challenges, offer wisdom and insight, even for my sons being able to hear wisdom and insight from, you know, other dads, from other older men besides just me, uh, that kind of like tribal passing on of wisdom and knowledge is so good. And in, in pretty much every, you know, culture's rite of passage, you know, that you can look at through history, there really is a tribal element to it. You know, either they lived in a tribal society where everything was done that way, or, it, you know, if it wasn't that way, there was some kind of component to it that was older men being able to look at this this young buck, this young warrior who was stepping up and affirming and inviting him into, you know, the manhood of the community. And, uh, you know, I, I think just being able to have older dads uh, around my sons to be able to say those kinds of things to them, to speak life and wisdom into them, uh, to affirm them. You know, it was just gold, man. It's, you know, like I said, irreplaceable. You just, you can't find that at any other place in our culture and in our society. And so I think being able to create that for our sons uh, is just really critical. Well, I mean, I know there's a Bible verse that says there's wisdom in a multitude of counselors. You yeah. know? <laughs> right. There's just some good ideas idea, there. Just that idea that you can have, you know, uh, in, in the same thing in my life, if I have one friend, I'm going to hear one opinion. You know, and to be able to have some dads with some different perspectives, but that all share, right, certain things, right? So you're kind of maybe centered around, you know, uh, things that you do have in common, but you've also got those perspectives that, you know, I, I know that kids need to be able to talk to somebody that is not uh, you <laughs> sometimes, yeah. yep. you know, yep. and, and that's important to be able to build those relationships so they know they've got somebody to talk to. Like, like even now as with my kids being grown, like I want them, I, I want to know that they've got somebody 
that they can ask for advice. Yeah, I'd love it right. if it could be me, but I just know that my advice comes with the baggage of me being dad, you yeah. know? Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, it it comes with it's a loaded perspective, right? And and you know it, and they know it, and so that that is where it's just really good to be able to hear from other dads who don't have the same um, you know agenda uh, that you're going to have as the dad. You know, they like they can pass on wisdom without there being any stakes involved. You know, to hear another dad be able to say, "Hey." you actually do need to take your school studies seriously. And here's why, you know, here's my story of how I didn't really do a good job of that when I was in school. And this is where it cost me, you know, later on, like me telling my sons that, you know, carries about like yay much weight <laughs> because, you know, they're just, they're hearing dad say like, you need to do this because you're supposed to. And because I'm your dad and I'm telling you to, but to hear another dad be able to say that it's like, Oh, maybe there is some legitimacy to, you know, what my dad has been saying all along and hearing this other dad say it, like who I respect, who I've learned from, who I've been around, who I've had fun with, you know, who has said really nice things about me. Like it, it does, it just, it, it carries a forcefulness to us, to it. Uh, that just doesn't come anywhere else. Well, Don, uh, as we head towards the end of our conversation, I know I've got some questions for you, but before yeah. I do anything else that you want to talk about, uh, with this process, you know, I just, I want to encourage dads out there. I just, I want to, you know, tell the dads who are, uh, who have sons and who are kind of in the thick of things at the moment of, of just really wrestling with, man, I, I know that I need to be doing some good things for my son and I'm just not exactly sure what or how or when, or, you know, even how to get started. Uh, I just want to say, Hey, you're not alone. Like, that's a struggle for all of us as dads. Um, the fact that you're even thinking about it and wrestling with it uh, shows that you're taking it seriously, and that's really good. And so I would just say, uh, hey, don't let go of that feeling. Um, you may not know everything that you need to do, but your son doesn't need you to do it perfectly. He really just needs you. You know, he, he needs you to be present and active and uh, to do the best that you can. And the best that you can is going to be far better than what you know, most sons are going to get from their dads and, um, and it doesn't take a whole lot in order for him to get what he needs. So, you know, we want to try to create resources that can help you be able to do that, um, to give you some guidelines and some guardrails and, you know, uh, you know, point you in the directions of some things that we have kind of learned best practices that we can think can be helpful to you. Um, but just know, like, there's no program, uh, that's going to get it exactly right. There's no resource that's the exact right way for you to be a dad to your son, um, because that's not really the point. The point is you. You are what your son needs. You are the father that uh, God has given to your son, and he's done that on purpose. And so the more that you can just kind of lean into that and say, I'm going to show up in the best way that I know how for my son, uh, dad, that's all that's needed. And so just keep after it. Mm, excellent. Excellent. Don, tell me, uh, I, I, we've talked a lot about this, and so I know we're talking about it from that perspective, especially of a father teaching his sons, but uh, I, I'd love to hear your, your answer to this question, and it's okay yeah. if it repeats itself a little bit. <laughs> That's great. Don, what does it take to be a man? Yeah, so I, I think it does, for me, it goes back to uh, those five marks of manhood. You know, a man is someone, is a male who lives out those traits, strength, courage, skill, honor, and allegiance, and is striving to continually get better in those things. I know we haven't spent a whole lot of time talking about, you know, like definitions of those things and, you know, what exactly does all that mean? Um, we've got some information on our Manhood Tribes website, you know, about those things. If, if you want to kind of look into that and explore that, there's some info there. Um, but yeah, for me, that's really what it's about. And like, again, it's, uh, it's fairly simple. It's not, it doesn't have to be that complicated. Being a man is something that 50% of the world's population is supposed to be able to do naturally. Uh, and so, you know, we, we shouldn't make it too complicated. And I think that's where those marks of manhood can help us. Mm, excellent. Okay, Don, let's say you get your hands on a DeLorean with a flux capacitor and yes, you please, can, <laughs> <laughs> you can go back in time to when you were 10 years old now. Okay. What year would that have been? Uh, for me, that would have been 89, 89. All right. So you're going back to 1989. Yeah. And you get the chance to talk to 10 year old Don Ross. What yeah. do you want to tell? Uh, I would tell the 10 year old version of me to take some more risks. 
Um, which is funny because the, you know, the 40 something year old version of me now, I think most people, most of my family and friends would say I'm a pretty big risk taker, but as a, uh, as a kid, um, I was scared of risk, uh, and it held me back from trying some things that I think I would have really benefited from, uh, that I think would have helped me in my journey as a man. And, uh, you know, that I think that, um, I wasn't certain of the outcome. And so I just avoided. So, you know, I would tell 10 year old me, um, Hey, it's okay. If you try something and fail, it's okay. If you try something and embarrass yourself because you don't do it as well as other people do. Um, it's okay. Even, and this was a big one for me. It's okay. Even if you try something and it takes you eight tries to figure out how to do it. Whereas it takes your friends one or two tries to figure out how to do it. Um, don't give up. Like, don't be afraid to just stick with something and keep trying it until you succeed. Um, and, and I think for me, that would have helped me to learn, Hey, I do have what it takes. What that looks like for me might look different than it does for other young men, but that's okay. Like nobody's the same and you don't have to be just like your friends or the, the other young men around you in order to um, live up to the man that God has created you to be. So don't be afraid to step out there and give some things a try. Nice. Excellent. Do you think a uh, 10 year old you would have listened? Uh, I hope so. I think, um, I think, 10 year old me didn't get a lot of those kinds of messages. And so I, you know, I think that, um, having, uh, having someone in his corner, especially a man, you know, having another man in his corner who was saying those kinds of things to him, I think would have been really good for his heart. Hmm. Excellent. All right, Don. So there are guys that are listening today, all kinds of guys, right? Dads, men, grandpas, all kinds of guys that are listening today. What is your best advice for them? Yeah, you know, I, I think kind of to, you know, like what I said a minute ago to dads, I would just say, you know, men, uh, you do have what it takes. You have what it takes to be able to face the challenges in your life. Uh, you know, whether you're, whether you're a follower of Jesus or not, whether you believe in God or not, you have been made with the capacity to face the difficulties in your life. And so I would just say, like, um, it, it's a matter then of figuring out how do you tap into that. And I think the most the most important way for being for men being able to tap into that is by like what we've talked about is having other men around you. And so that would be my biggest piece of encouragement to men at any age is just to say, if you don't have two or three really good close friends who you physically see on a regular basis and interact with about the, you know, meaningful and significant things in your life, then it's time to figure that out. You need a tribe of men around you to help you be the man that you are capable of being. And uh, that's true in every sphere of your life as a man. So uh, that would be my encouragement is just to say, like, you can face all the things that are that are facing you. Um, you're going to need some other men around you to be able to do it. So uh, if, if that's where you're at, if you're facing some difficulties in your life and you don't have a tribe of men around you that can help you be able to do that, that's your next step. Like That's the thing that you need to figure out to help you be able to figure everything else out. Get a tribe of guys around you. So I would echo that advice, and I say it a lot. And then I get questions. I get, oh, my <laughs> my... My Amazon device, which I won't call by name, decided to go off in the middle of that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, but I get, um, I get questions then from people who haven't learned the skill of how to make friends and to build a tribe. So, yeah. so this is a follow-up question to that. Yeah. Walk me through. How do I do that? That next yeah. step is to make friends. How do I do it? So I, I think for guys, it's easiest to start that around a place of common interest. Um, and, and this is what's challenging is that, you know, for most guys, especially in our American culture, um, once we reach adulthood, uh, we stop building time in our lives for the things of, you know, interest to us. You know, we, we have work and we have family and that tends to be about it which is, this is how guys lose their friends, right? Is because you have work colleagues and you have your family and there's no other relationships in your life. And that's a really dangerous place for a man to be. So I think the first step is figuring out 
what's a what's an interest of yours that you want to build some time in your schedule for and how can you do that with some other men so let's say it's you know i think an easy one for a lot of guys is uh fitness you know working out okay you want to do something that involves working out how can you do that fitness whatever it is you want to do in a way that you're doing it in community, you know, instead of just going to planet fitness and paying your 10 bucks a month with your, you know, your earbuds in while you're working out, not talking to a soul while you're at the gym, how can you sign up for, you know, a boot camp class or some other kind of gym where you're working out together as a class, you're building relationships with the people that you're working out with, you know, with the guys that you're doing it with, uh, here, I live in uh, North Carolina and it's based out of here, but I think there's, uh, you know, chapters of it all across the country um, called F3, which is really just a program for helping men be able to, you know, get healthy, both emotionally, spiritually, and of course, physically. Um, but they do it in community. And that, I think that's the best way to do it. You know, if, if it's not fitness for you, if it's, you know, let's say it's woodworking, or let's say it's writing, or, you know, I mean, whatever it is, it doesn't matter, really, just figure out how can I get around some other guys who are doing that? And I think that's the easiest way to get started because guys are like, you don't have to teach us how to talk about the things that we enjoy. <laughs> you know, like we get around other guys and like, if we like doing it, that's what we talk about because it's easy for guys to talk about things that we do. It's a lot harder for guys to talk about, you know, the ways that we are or the things that we feel or think. Um, but the things that we do comes really natural for guys to be able to talk about. And you don't want a relationship to stay there. You don't want friendship to just stay at that level, but that's probably the easiest way to get it started. So I would just say, find an interest, find a hobby, and find some other guys who are doing it and get around them. And just let the friendship start to form from there. Uh, and, and you can take it you know, uh, from where it goes from there. Yeah, 100%. That's excellent. Uh, we actually could do a whole podcast uh, about how to make friends and build your tribe someday. Oh, so, absolutely, man. Hey, well, I'd, I'd, I'd come back and talk that to that you about that anytime. Yeah. Yeah. Because <laughs> yeah. there's, there's so much there. But I'm, yeah. I'm glad that you answered that question because that I know that – a lot of guys will be listening to this episode and they'll hit that point where like, he tells me I need to make friends, but I don't know how. Yeah. Well, you yeah. told you how. So, <laughs> yeah. Well, and, and, you know, and I would say uh, the biggest objection that I hear when I tell guys that is, uh, is typically um, my wife will never let me do that. You know, it's, that's often the biggest objection that I hear. And I would just say, you know, I think most wives, especially in our culture today, are far more interested in their men being healthy than we give them credit for. So if you go to your wife and you say, hey, babe, I'm realizing that in order for me to be the best husband and dad that I can be, um, or you know, if you're not in that stage of life anymore, just to be the best man that I can be, in order for me to do that, I need to spend some time out of the house with some other guys who are going to help me get better. And we're going to do that by like this motorcycle club that I'm going to spend some time riding with them. Like if you can couch it in those terms, um, you're not going to get objections. You know, your wife is, if she loves you well, which I'm assuming that she does, you know, she's going to say, okay, let's figure out how to make that happen. Um, so that's where you need to start, you know, just start it in terms of saying, Hey, I need this to be the best man that I can be. And will you help me make it happen? I, there's not a wife on the planet who wouldn't want to try to do that for her husband. Well, if there is, then it sounds like she's unhealthy. Yeah. <laughs> and, and I'm not saying that to, to but yeah, like it, it sounds like maybe you should be looking at some counseling to work through that issue. Right. If yeah. that's an issue. Like if yeah, it's that. There's probably bad, additional or, steps to take there, but yeah, yeah you're right. Yeah, yeah. Um, because I do know some guys in that position, you know, where they're like, you know, they want to do the thing and she won't let them leave the house. And it's like, okay, yeah. that sounds to me like you guys need to, you need, you have some things you need to work through. So right. that you can both be healthy. You both right. need friends other than each other. So, yep. uh, yeah, man. So, all right. So if the guys want to connect with you and the work that you're doing, what's the best way to make that happen? Yeah, I would say uh, the easiest way to do it, especially if you're a dad who's got a you know preteen or early teenage son, is to go check out the resource that I mentioned, First Tribe Path to Manhood. You can go do that at myfirsttribe.com. Um, if that's not the stage of life that you're in, you can still go there and there's a email training to be able to sign up for that'll talk to you about a lot of the work that we do and, um, and that'll help you be able to stay connected. So myfirsttribe.com. Awesome. And if they, then the other website that you mentioned as well, that's, uh, uh -huh. manhoodtribes.com. So manhood tribes is kind of the umbrella organization. First tribe is the product for dads with middle school sons. Perfect. That's awesome. Hey, man, I really appreciate you taking the time to talk with me today. And uh, Josh, it's been to great. Having... It's been a really good conversation. Yeah, look forward to having another one with you down the road, man. Thank you. All right, sounds good.
Don, thank you so much for sharing your thoughts with us here on the Manlyhood Mancast. I appreciate the work you're doing. And uh, guys, if you're listening, make sure you go and go to the show notes and let's show Don some love, show him some support. Go check out the work he's doing. Interact with him on social and, uh, you know, leave him a comment. Let him know where you heard about us so he knows that you guys are are being sent there from from what's happening here at Manlyhood. Speaking of what's happening here at Manlyhood, if you're not a part of the Manlyhood Man Cave, which is our private Facebook group, I want you to join now because we are doing some amazing work helping men become better men, helping each other level up. It's a community. It's a brotherhood where you're going to connect with other men who are going to encourage you. So go to Facebook, type in Manlyhood Man Cave, and you can request to join the group and we'll get you in there. Anyway, guys, as always, I love you. I'm proud of you. And I'll see you next time. Thanks for listening to the Manlyhood Man Cave. If you want to be a better husband, father, leader, a better man, you need to join our private Facebook group, the Manlyhood Man Cave. Join today. Please help us out with a like, comment, share, and subscribe. And check us out at manlyhood.com.